0: Welcome to the Happy With Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Becky Smith. Many of us have good lives, the lives we've always wanted, but we still feel frustrated and unhappy with ourselves. You deserve to value, appreciate, and accept you right now, exactly as you are. Whether it's life coaching tools, learning from others, or sharing my experiences, I'm here to help you be happy with yourself. While this episode is not explicit, it may contain content that is not suitable for young children. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I have on Zach Spafford, a life coach who specializes in habit change, and self-mastery. And when I think about being happy with yourself, self-mastery is at the top of my list because If you can trust yourself to do what you want to do, to do what you say you're going to do, then that builds confidence, which helps you to be happy with yourself. So please enjoy this conversation with Zach, and you might want to take notes and listen up. Welcome to the podcast, Zach Stafford.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. Thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, I'm excited about this. This is fun. Good.
0: Will you introduce yourself to my audience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I am a coach. I'm a life coach, and I help young, I help people stop buffering. Uh, I, I work on addictive behavior specifically, and I focus on pornography use. So most of my clients are people who are trying to stop using pornography, and I help them work with their own, with all the tools that I used myself to stop using pornography. And I find that the, the people that I work with, they come out the other end, they come out happier. They come out feeling like they've succeeded at something they've been struggling with their entire lives. Um, I'm the father of eight children. My wife and I, we've been married for 17 years. Uh, I have the, I have a podcast called The Self Mastery Podcast, which I love doing every week. In fact, put out an episode every Monday. We call it Mastery Monday, it's, it's good fun.
0: Okay, good. And what part of the country are you in? Where do you live?
1: I'm in Milwaukee, or as they said on Wayne's World, Miliwaukee, which is Algonquin (laughs) for the good land. uh, Some of your listeners are going to be like, what is he even saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because we know that reference, but the young ones, they may not, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, so the name of my podcast and my focus is about being happy with yourself and I find that self-mastery is a big part of being happy with yourself because if you feel like you can't control yourself, if you feel like you're doing things that you don't really want to do deep down, then you're not happy with yourself in any way, shape or form. And so that's why I wanted to have you on is to talk about that. And in coaching, we, we have a term for it and you, you said it in your intro there, but it's it's called buffering. And so, I wanted you to explain buffering to people, yeah,
1: so i buffering is it's the art of finding a way to avoid your feelings it's what it's what we all do. we all do it to to a certain extent or another uh if you're someone who you know prefers shopping over pornography or diet Coke over um Netflix, it doesn't really matter what your you know your go to is it's this it's this thing that we use to avoid feeling how we currently feel in order to put that feeling off and, and sometimes avoid it. But the, the issue with buffering is that it, it has two main components. One is it avoids a feeling in the short term, but that feeling never goes away, right? It, it will come back in the end and it will continue to feel it. So if you're lonely and you watch Netflix or you use pornography when you're done with those activities, you're not going to stop feeling lonely. You're going to continue to feel lonely. And you might also feel bad that you've either wasted time on Netflix or that you've done something that is against your moral compass. Yeah. Right. And which is a lot of times what's happening with pornography users. And then the long-term effect is the other thing. It's this long-term net negative. It's something that you find is not something you want to really spend any more time on but you continue to go back to it over and over and over again because you don't really know what to do otherwise
0: okay so we said before that your main focus is pornography and but it's not all that you can coach on it's just one of one of the things but it also has to do with your your own personal story
1: yeah. So when I was eight years old, I found a pornographic magazine. We lived in a little town called Dugway, Utah, which is, if you don't know where that is, no one else does either. It's the middle of nowhere uh, just outside of Tooele, Utah, which is again, somewhere that nobody knows where that is. I do. Um, Cause
0: I grew up in a small town in Utah and we used oh. to play Dugway.
1: Dug- oh Idaho. yeah. All right. So, yeah. Dugway yeah. Mustangs. Yeah. yeah. My brother played football for them. Uh, you know, it's out in the little Sahara. It's it's a it's an army base where you know its greatest claim to fame was that that at one point they were going to land the space shuttle there if you know like three other landing strips <laughs> didn't <laughs> didn't pan out like, like that's and you know I found this dirty magazine. It, well, I call it a dirty magazine. It was literally physically dirty, but it was a um, it was a pornographic magazine in a one of those giant truck tires that you used to find on playgrounds. Yeah, uh, you know that always smelled like cat pee. Yeah, <laughs> and and I found this magazine, and that was the beginning. That was this start of on again, off again usage, and finding it, and looking for it, and wanting it, and avoiding my feelings with pornography for like twenty five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which at at one point, you know, I was going to twelve step meetings. I was working with counselors. I was working with my bishop, my ecclesiastical leaders. And I continued to find that not only was I failing at stopping the, the pornography use, but I was feeling terrible about myself yeah. because I thought, why can't I stop this? And, you know, I prayed. I prayed a lot. I prayed, you know, so fervently. I kept saying to my Heavenly Father, you know, I, I know this is a righteous desire. I just want you to take this problem away from me. Make this thing go away and I'll be the best uh, version of me that I could possibly be. what I didn't understand at the time and what I understand very much differently now is the atonement isn't there for you to like say to heavenly father, okay, I don't want this sin anymore. I'm done with it. And he just takes it away. Like you're going to be surfing the internet looking for porn and all of a sudden he's going to whack a cat video into your screen. That's not (laughs) happening. Like that's not, that's not how the atonement works. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I learned through a lot of, Self-reflection. I took a step back from twelve-step meetings. I took a step back from counselors. I still worked with my bishops, but I didn't look to them as the source of what was going to help me get fixed. I looked inside at my brain, and I was like, "Okay, what what am I doing, and why am I doing this?" I I kind of look at myself as one of those people who can figure anything out. Yeah, I can solve any problem. Um, You know, there's there's a lady who I can't remember her name, but she says everything's figure outable. Oh yeah, and. To me, that's true. That's always been true. I've been that guy who's like, "All right, well, let's solve this problem." My wife consistently, I'll like fix something on the car, and she'll be like, "I'm so amazed that you did that. I I didn't believe you could do that." (laughs) Yeah. But for me, it's like I could just figure things out, and so I started to look at my brain. I started to look inward, and I started to try and figure out, okay, what am I, what am I doing, and why am I doing it? Yeah. And then a few months into, well, a couple of years into that, actually, you know, I'd been sober. I'd been kind of happy. My wife starts to listen to this lady named Jody Moore. I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, never. Right.
1: <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, Jody Moore just taught me this thing that you just you used to stop using pornography. She just taught me about it on the podcast, but she was talking about overeating or she was yeah. talking about uh overshopping or whatever, right? And I was like, "Yeah, that's how it works. That's 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 the process. I didn't know that's what you would call it." So I started to hear this vocabulary, I heard this, you know, amazing vocabulary of terms like buffering and, um, <laughs> and, uh, CTFAR, the, the, the model, right. Yeah. I'm like learning all of these things. And I'm like, wow, this is exactly the thing that helped me solve my problem, but I didn't know what I was doing. I had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And then now I've got this vocabulary. I went to the life coach school, I became life coach certified, and now I can help other people do it which makes them happy yeah, because they're solving the problem that has held them back their entire lives. Some of us.
0: Yeah. I bet that's really neat to see people change and have some hope.
1: Well, yeah, it's extraordinary because the, the, the truth is, is that they come in almost invariably, they come in and they're like, I'm an addict. Yeah. I'm an addict. And I just look at that and I go, why would you, Why would you believe that about yourself? What is the value in believing that about yourself? I actually had a client who he was like, no, what? You don't believe I could be an addict? And I'm like, okay, let's just go down that path for a second. Let's say for the sake of argument that it's true that you are actually addicted to pornography and sex. Let's say that that's true. Because that's what you learn in the 12-step meetings. You're like, hi, my name is Zach and I'm an addict and I'm powerless against my addiction. Right? Those are are the two main things that I learned at 12-step meetings. And don't, don't get me wrong, those people are wonderful people and they're trying and they're, and they're genuine and they're sincere. But if that's what you choose to believe, let's go down that path. Well, if I'm an addict, then I'm a victim because I'm stuck and I don't have control. Yeah. Right? And this is a problem that I can't fix because I am powerless against it. And if you are an addict, let's say that you are an addict, does that make you want to stop using pornography any less?
0: <laughs> no.
1: No, it doesn't. So what if you just set that aside for a minute? You don't have to disbelieve it for the moment, but what if you just set that aside and you just chose to believe something else? Like, I can solve this. Or I can figure this out. Even if you don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. What if you just chose to believe that? Yeah. How much better would that be for you? Yeah. And so many people come to me and that, like, that's their first leap from, I'm broken, I'm bad, I'm not good enough. To, I might have a chance to figure this out. I might be able and capable and empowered to actually stop doing this. It's so they you.
0: come to you kind of stuck in shame, right? That oh, they're totally. not good enough. I mean, shame, the more I learn about it, <laughs> the more I just, you know, know how damaging it is.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's two, it's shame and it's a lack of self-confidence. Okay. Right. So shame is feeling bad about feeling bad. Yeah. Right. So you feel bad about feeling guilty because you're like, why can't I stop using pornography? I want to stop using pornography, but I feel bad that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And then you feel bad that you're not achieving that. Right. So that's shame. It's a compound of of feelings, but then self-confidence, which is, you know, the idea that you can trust yourself to do what you say you'll do. Yeah. So many of the people that come to me, they're like, I, I can't trust me to do what I say I'm going to do because I can't trust me to not use pornography because I keep using pornography. Yeah. And then the the, the second component of self-confidence, which is they don't believe the story that they want to believe about themselves, right? When When you have self-confidence, you can choose to believe what you want to choose to believe about yourself, which doesn't have to be like, I'm amazing and you're all terrible, right? That's arrogance. Yeah. It, it can just be, I can figure this out, which is a huge leap from I'm an addict and I'm stuck and I'm powerless. Mm -hmm. And then the third component, which is just being willing and able to be uncomfortable. Okay. Right. Discomfort is the, is the currency of success. We hear uh, Brooke Castillo say that if you haven't heard, who Brooke Castillo is right. Discomfort is the currency of success. Well, If you're going to be successful at being the person you want to be, which is the main focus of why you would want to be self-confident, then you're going to have to be uncomfortable at times, which means that you're going to have to feel the feelings that you're avoiding by using a buffer. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to stop using the art of avoiding your feelings and just feel them, which can be agonizing for, for some people, especially in the beginning
0: everything we're trying to achieve is because we're trying to feel a certain way and we don't want to feel bad, like getting into the motivational triad, right? What our brain is always seeking. You want to talk about that a little bit? What our brain is always looking for? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. So your your lower brain, so there's two parts of your brain, right? You've got your higher brain, which is like, this is where I make all my major decisions. I have I have a moral compass here. This is where I decide who I am. This is the place where, you know, even when you're driving, if you're going somewhere you're not familiar with and you reach to turn down your radio so you can see better, I think we've all done that, right? That's your higher brain running. It's going, I need more power. I want to be able to focus, right? The problem with the, the higher brain is it's super energy intense. And so what it does is it finds ways to relegate to the lower brain anything that it can. And the lower brain is low cost, low energy. And it does three things, and it does these three things extraordinarily well, right? It avoids pain, it seeks pleasure, and it conserves energy. That's all it does. Yeah. So when you relegate something to the lower brain, it becomes a habit, like brushing your teeth, right? We all brush our teeth. If you use your dominant hand to brush your teeth, you can think about other things. You can have a conversation with somebody. Um, You know, They might think you're gross, but- you can do stuff while you brush your teeth because now it's a habit and your lower brain just runs a script Mm -hmm. goes from point A to point B and you don't even have to think about it. And so when it comes to why we choose buffers, it's because our lower brain is always looking to feel good, to avoid pain and to conserve energy. So the reason buffers become habits is because they're super easy to turn into an energy conservation script, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I feel bad, I can do this and it'll take me from point A to point B and I don't have to think about feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Pornography is a really good example of this because it hits all three of them really, really quickly, right? It's low cost. Like you don't have to go out and put yourself out on a limb to talk to a woman to have sex with her when it comes to pornography because you can have sex with her in your mind at the touch of a button on your, in, on your supercomputer that you hold in your pocket. Yeah, super low cost, right? It, so it conserves energy like nobody's business. And then, cause I mean, all, any men who are listening right now, they're like, well, let me tell you about the time that I had to get my wife in the mood. That was a one hour process, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's just how the process works. And, and in the end, that is a much more satisfying mm-hmm. Reality than the one that you get through pornography, but it costs a lot of energy because you got to be in the game mentally as a man to get you know things going right. So hopefully your listeners aren't squeamish about sex talks. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, we'll put a little disclaimer on the. <laughs> front we we'll put
1: a disclaimer at the front. We're going to talk about <laughs> sex. <and> yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Uh,
1: and then it feels good, right? Pornography just feels good. Period. Mm-hmm. Arousal feels good. Uh, so it it hits that. Uh, seek pleasure, mm-hmm. and when you feel arousal, you can't feel Painly. lonely or sad or tired or frustrated or you know whatever it is. You you don't feel that. You feel you feel good, right? So you hit all three of those like that, and so now your your brain it creates a neural pathway that it wraps in myelin sheath, which makes it easier to fire every time. And the more you fire it, the more it wraps it in myelin sheath, which you know reinforces the cycle. So that's that's what your brain is doing. That's why, it, that's why we seek out things like pornography and sugar and um, uh, you know, Netflix and all that stuff because it, it, it feels good, it's low energy and it avoids what you are feeling which is frustrated or upset or unhappy. And that's, that gives you an edge, right? A, a, a developmentally, a, a, a um, oh, what do they call it? Evolutionary edge over everybody else out there.
0: Okay. So we understand a little more like why we're doing it. You know, we've talked a lot about pornography, but there's like, you've mentioned all the others and they're all things that we've all done. Totally, I've done Netflix. I love sugar. I, you know, like, right. and I find myself buffering. So it's not, the goal is not necessarily in these, like maybe if it's Netflix sugar and that to to totally eliminate it. Um, so how do we in pornography we want to eliminate it? But in these other ways, is, is there a way to manage it or
1: Yeah. What do I mean, we do? you can plan your you can always plan your usage. You can always choose to make it a, a prefrontal cortex process, right? Like you can yeah. bring it to your higher brain and, and this is the agency conversation that I love to have with people, which is essentially like, you know, so many of us think, Oh, I can't stop this. I can't stop eating sugar, or I can't whatever and the truth is is that it's actually not true that you can't in fact i hate that phrase when my kids (laughs) say i can't get i can't take out the trash yeah (laughs) you're 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 not choosing to that's the reality that's the truth yeah and when people come to me and they say i can't stop using pornography we go down that path of well is it true that you can't right and you know back to the addict conversation uh, you know what does it mean to be an addict and and what does it mean to be unable to stop a behavior? So when I was a, uh, a missionary in Italy, I was on the train in Naples and this woman was sitting in the stairwell that you, you know, you step up the stairwell and you get in the train, I'm sitting on a chair and I'm looking at her sitting in the stairwell and she's looking at me and she just starts shooting up heroin. Wow. Right. And I'm watching this as a kid who knows, not at all what to do. Like, I, I'm like, well, what do I do? I don't have any tools to help this woman. And clearly this is what she wants to be doing. So, you know, I didn't intervene. I just watched, right. Like and we got off at our station and I, and I look back at that and I go, that's what addiction looks like. Mm-hmm. Cause when I ask people who are using pornography, I say, well, what do you do? Someone walks in the room, your wife or your husband or your boss walks in the room. Well, I hide it. I stop and I hide it. Oh, so you can stop looking at pornography. Yeah. You actually have the capacity. You just don't think you do because when you think I can't stop looking at pornography or I should or I shouldn't look at pornography, you abdicate your agency. You put it aside and you say, I'm not in charge of this because it goes against my moral compass. It's that cognitive dissonance and you're like, oh, well, I have to create a reason why I'm not able to do the thing that I think I should do. Yeah. Right. And so now they start to see, oh, I can do what I want to do. In fact, one of the things that I try to teach people is I can, but I choose not to like as Latter-day Saints. A lot of times people come up to us, you know, I've, I've had this conversation a thousand times when I worked at corporate, you can't drink coffee, you're a Mormon, or you can't drink alcohol, you're a Mormon. Yeah. And my response to that is I can, but I choose not to. Yeah. But imagine saying, to somebody i can look at pornography like that's that is a whole different ball game and as members of the church i don't think we're willing to be there
0: no we would push back from that I bet yeah you we'd be like
1: you're back. right i can't look at pornography <laughs> imagine saying that in relief society you'd like you'd wonder which limb you'd lose before you got out of there
0: yeah for sure
1: And so taking back your agency and owning it and being like, no, I can, I can use pornography, which by the way, this is my, this is my opinion. Uh, I'm not saying that this is church doctrine, but my opinion of what church doctrine is, is that you can choose to use pornography. Like that is more true than you can't use pornography. And we recommend you don't. There are reasons why and there are blessings if you don't, but you can use pornography just like you can drink coffee and you can Um, be mean to your wife, and you can, you know, you can do all the things that you want to choose to do, Mm -hmm. knowing that there are consequences if you do those things that might be negative, and if you don't do those things, there are consequences that are positive, yeah. But when we tell ourselves things like, I can't do this, we're taking our agency and we're giving it away, but which, by the way, that was Satan's plan,
0: yeah, all along. If,
1: If you take a minute and you look at it, you're like, Oh. Satan's plan. I'm playing into that right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's really important to understand that. No, you people can do whatever they want in yes. life.
1: Yes. Stop feeling like a victim. Yeah. Which I mean, to, your podcast is about happiness. Well, how many times have you talked about um, sh- the the process of owning your decisions? Yeah. To the point where you can choose to be happy about what you're doing. Yeah. Even if nothing changes, like I I have a client who is, I have a Muslim client who's actually a doctor and he's like, I feel trapped as a doctor. And he doesn't have to change from being a doctor to not being a doctor, but the story he tells himself about how he got there will inform how he chooses to feel about the rest of his career as a doctor, whether he continues to be a doctor or not. You don't have to change the circumstances. If you change the story, you have so much more power over it.
0: Which is the whole point of self. Back to the beginning, the self mastery, right, is to know that you do have the power, you do have the control, you do have the agency. That's why we're here.
1: Yeah, and I think it's car- I think it's important to be careful here and not bludgeon your spout. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, my husband does have control." <laughs> He just needs to stop now.
0: Yeah, no, let's definitely point that out.
1: (laughs) Right, you can't like come in and bludgeon him with that and be like, you have control over this. I heard it on this podcast. Because that's not not helpful, that's shaming. Yeah, Right. but more of like
0: personal power.
1: Yeah, this is about you choosing to be the person that you want to be. It's not about you using this to like tell your husband to stop using pornography.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It's unfair to him because he hasn't got the tools yet. Yeah. Which was my problem, right? When I, was, you know, when I was a kid and after I was a kid, even up until, you know, at this point, midway through my marriage, right? We've been married 17 years, so like, even more than halfway through my marriage, I didn't have the tools until I took a step back from everything that I had been taught and I said, is this working? And if it's not working, how can I do it differently? Yeah. Right, and if your husband's using pornography or your kids are using pornography, it's not because they're trying to offend you. It's not because they are just not good enough. It's because they don't have the tools right now that will help them choose to be the person that they want to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I believe that for sure. Which is exactly
1: why people are unhappy. Yeah. Because they don't have the tools to choose to be the person that they want to be. Even if choosing to be the person that they want to be just means that they accept who they are as they are.
0: Yeah, and that's a lot of my... um my podcast or what I teach is that when you're talking about owning stuff, it's about owning the parts of you that you don't like too and owning your mistakes and owning where you're at.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because that's the story, right? The story is in the mistakes. The story is in how did I triumph? Like you look at any like hero story and that's the story. The story is not like they got up one morning everything was perfect. And then the world was fixed. Yeah. Right. I mean, even Superman who like is this idealized component of like what we all want to be. Yeah. Right. He had the difficulties. He still had to overcome things, notwithstanding his extraordinary superpowers. Yeah. Right. You know, this guy can literally shoot lasers out of his eyes <laughs> and yet he still has women troubles and he still has uh, difficulties with self-confidence and all of that still exists Mm -hmm. but the story arc is in him overcoming okay our greatness is in us overcoming it's not in we're broken and and there's nothing we can do to fix ourselves or we're perfect and we are the person we always wanted to be all the time yeah like that's that's those are two places that you can't just be. You are either going from one to the other, or from the other to the one.
0: Okay. All right. So how would people contact you and get help if they're listening and they're thinking, this sounds like me, or this sounds like my spouse, how do they, where do they find you?
1: Yeah, you can go to my website, Zach Z-A-C-H-S-P-A-F-F-O-R-D. I spell that out because... I can't tell you how many times I'm on the phone with somebody and they're like, what, what, how do you spell your name? So sorry if I, if, if you don't want to hear me spell it out, but I'm sure we'll put a link somewhere in the Yeah.
0: In the, yeah. I'll put it in right. the show notes, but, but you they, can go you to
1: slash your- work with me and okay. that's a perfect place to set up a time to, to meet with me.
0: And also, they can listen to your podcast. And I, I yeah. do want to point out for sure that it, it doesn't just have to be pornography, that this can help you with any kind of buffer, anything that you're trying to just avoid your feelings. It all applies to that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, like for instance, my podcast uh, today that I launched today, that I put out today, didn't I, didn't, I don't even think I mentioned the word pornography. I might have mentioned it once, but okay. it was really about, okay, who the title of it was, um, who, who do I think I am? Who am I? And who do I want to be? Yeah. And it had nothing to do with pornography per se. It was really about, okay, well, what am I choosing to believe about myself? Self-confidence is more of what it was about.
0: Yeah. Which everyone I believe can use more of self-confidence.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So
0: the last question that I ask all my guests is what does being happy with yourself look like to you?
1: Oh yeah, that's a great question. And I think every single one of us needs to ask this of ourselves because it it gives you a place to target, right? You don't know where you're going unless you put it out there and say, this is where I want to be. And for me, being happy with myself looks like choosing to understand that I'm, I'm growing and I'm okay and I'm a child of God and that no matter what, I can continue to figure out whatever problems come my way.
0: Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Back to the everything is figure outable, right? But you got to have yeah. the right tools and you got to, you know, keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about this. I think it is such an important topic and subject and even if sometimes we're squeamish about it and don't want to talk about it i think it's really important to open the door i've been doing this podcast for almost a year and a half and it's the first time that i have talked about it so um thank you so much
1: you're absolutely welcome i love it
0: hey friend i hope you found a takeaway to help you be happy with yourself this week thanks for listening and bye for now Everyone deserves to be happy with themselves. Share this episode with a friend. Leave a review so others can find the podcast. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button.